when something is very difficult, when someone else is doing something that we find very difficult, we can feel anger, we can feel what, what we term as coaches as triggered. We might go into a certain state that doesn't feel very nice. And if we, <laughs> we take a little bit of inspiration from the theory around knowing about your own shadow, the head of marketing seems very certain, seems very dominant, seems very clear about what they want and how things are meant to go. And wow, <laughs> there might be something for all of us <laughs> to learn from that. Welcome to Unset at Work. I am your host, Catherine Stagg-Macy, an executive and team coach interested in the difficult, hard and unsaid conversations at work. And today has finally arrived. I'm really excited. The episode where we get to answer your problems, the ones that you've written in and told us all about. So thank you to those of you who took that brave step to to write in. I know it isn't always easy to share these, these challenges. Today's dilemma from a listener is about influence and collaboration. And I've decided to invite a friend and coach to work with me through this. I think it's just easier to have two voices and two perspectives because we all bring different things. So I have invited my friend and coach Rona Steinberg, and she calls herself the Out Loud Coach. As you will see as we spend time with her in the episode, you'll come to see how true this is. Her work is centered around helping her clients lead an out loud life by becoming more self-aware, more self-accepting, and ultimately more self-expressed. She's also an author of a great book around the same sort of body of work. So check her book out, links in the show notes. She brings a much more slower and reflective perspective to the coaching conversations, which I think is a really solid balance to my perhaps more directive, (laughs) action-packed style. Today, we go deep and wide into the question of how do I influence a peer who thinks they know best? This isn't a coaching session. We don't have our listener in front of us. So what we've the approach we've taken is to sort of go really broad and, and just offer up lots of questions and perspectives, which I think makes it useful not just to the listener, but to everyone listening to this. I think we all experience that challenge of influencing someone who thinks they know best. So there will be nuggets in here for you, like checking in on how you feel before you take action and why that matters and understanding that sometimes the things that trigger us and other people is actually points us to where we need to work on ourselves. We'd hit record planning to cover three topics on this call, on the same call, same episode. And we found so much to explore and discuss that I've since decided we're going to split this into an episode per topic. So for the future episodes are going to cover procrastination and body odor. So make sure you tune into those. So bear with us in this episode if there's some references to other topics we've edited at least my editor has edited best as, as we could. And I hope this show has you wanting to have your own problem answered. If you're feeling inspired by this idea, please drop us your conundrum. It's anonymous. It's a very simple form to fill in. The link is in the show notes. And you're welcome to send us anything, anytime and see if it pops up in a future episode. But let's see now for the moment what we can learn about how to influence a peer who thinks they know best. Rona, welcome to Unsit at Work. I'm laughing already. Yes. <laughs> You're very... <laughs> <laughs> well, if you can't find something to laugh at, Catherine, <laughs> you're on a hide into nothing. The most, one of the most important things in life is to have a good laugh. Aside from having a giggle, how are you arriving today? How are you? 
Well, I'm feeling pretty good. I've been engaged in, well, first of all, I've had a lovely lunch in the garden. So that's really great. One of the advantages of working from home is that when your call stops, you just pop in to your space where you can relax and just take time out for you. So that's really a nice thing. But before that, I spent the morning coaching, which is something Mm -hmm. I took quite a lot of. And coaching sessions don't necessarily go well. Sometimes they don't. But I felt that today they, if going well is the right word, I felt connected to my clients this morning. And that's always a lovely feeling. So you, you feel quite upbeat. I do feel upbeat. There's a word I'm putting thank in your mind. You. Yeah. How about you, Catherine? Well, thank you for asking, Bruno. Mm. Grumpy. Grumpy. I'm a grumpy mm. pants. Yeah. I lost my crown on Friday and it's just mm. really annoying me because I, it's yeah. not painful, but the, the impending build for something that feels so pointless. Ugh. It was an olive stone that, that created the crown. An olive right. stone in a bloody in a bloody Mary bloody Mary. years ago that caused <laughs> it caused it in the first place. And it was licorice this time oh, around. No. I know. A piece of soft licorice, can you believe it? So anyway, it's nice to be here and it's nice to kind of get us present. Do you like it a good check-in, as I know you do for the coaching conversation? Because this really is a this is a coaching conversation without our client in the room. Exactly. Today. Our imagined clients. Mm. Really. Our imagined clients. Yeah. yeah. So we've got we've chosen three conundrums or from what people have submitted. Let's go through them and see what we can offer. And yeah, you know, people aren't here. There's a lot of context we don't know. But I don't know where we're going to go. This is the first time we've done this, mm. but we will be asking questions, I think. There's probably more questions here that we're asking than we are answering specifics because we don't have the context absolutely so we might have to make up some of that context or just speculate what might be happening and that's okay as well because often in life you don't have all the facts in front of you do you no i am hoping and i'm fairly confident that whatever we what we do cover today as you're listening to this you may not go that's not my story but it's like yeah i can relate to that or that happened to me in the past or i know a friend for whom that happened to so that's the advice that's the gift i think of this episode as we put it out there and we all learn together in a kind of conversational inquiry kind of way lovely so let's start with the first one would you like to read that out for us rona off i go so submission one the heading is influence our listener writes, my colleague is head of marketing and claims marketing is the, quote, brain, unquote, of the company. He uses language like, quote, my peers and I will decide together, but mainly me, unquote. This sets a toxic example in the marketing team and toxic culture in the collaboration between marketing and other functions and ultimately decision making and way of working. His marketing team model, his behavior, and it's really hard to work with almost anyone in the marketing team. This has been going on for years. I'd love for this marketing function to become more collaborative. What can I do? My first response is I'm just annoyed. I'm I'm angry, annoyed. It's so frustrating to spend your lifetime at work and feel constrained and limited in what you know is possible for you, you know, all yeah. your team. And I'm curious, so you feel that anger out? Have you just done something silly? I've just bashed my right. on the desk. Right. <laughs> in your <laughs> anger, you've bashed the table. <laughs> so, so you feel that anger. We know that in coaching, quite often, we mirror the emotions of our clients. Mm-hmm. So if you could sit a moment with that anger, I'm wondering what it is you're angry about. 
it feels like I would think there was something about the injustice of it all, the lack of control. Right. Feeling restricted, constrained. Yeah. And you checked your language around control because I'm wondering, again, a bit curious and not to take away from our listener, because of course this is your reaction, but we're just kind of understanding what might be going on here. What was the ambivalence about that word control? I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. It's control, controlling. Mm. I think there are words we've got to be careful of. Do we really mean that? Yeah. There's a signs of potentially toxic places, sort of parent-child dynamics, mm. all sorts of things can come in with the word control, potentially. We don't know enough yet. Kind of clear from the issue that head of marketing is perceived as the controller and the marketing department yeah. are in control of the culture in that organization. Is that what we're taking away? Yeah, I think that's a good read. It feels like they've established the pattern right. of how it is to be in this organization and who's in power, who gets to say how we work in this organization. It's not collaborative. It's, it feels very controlling yeah. by one person, essentially, because if he talks about the, the head of marketing says, but mainly me. It's really down to one person driving the whole organizational culture. Absolutely. And of course, as we know, it's never one person. It might look as if it's that one person con in control, yeah. but of course, everybody else is playing a part in that. Yeah. And there's a leadership role here around the precedent that you're setting and what's okay. So a leadership team or someone on the leadership team behaves in a certain way and, quotes gets away with it. And then other people follow in a way, yeah, so it, it becomes systemic mm. because of the way people are behaving at the top. I love that phrase of it, it rots from the head down. The fish rots from the head down. Yeah. If you look at problematic behavior in organizations, it's usually at the most senior team in the organization. Yeah, I think that's probably mostly true. And I also want to identify quite strongly with the, our listener because it sounds like he – or she, or they, are in quite a lonely position, as if only they... I hadn't picked that up, yeah. ...see this and, are, and have a problem with this. Yeah, I think it's... I hadn't picked that up. I think you're spot on. One of my thoughts was, what alliances do you have within your own leadership team? Yeah. And I think that's, yeah, that's picking up on the lonely team. Like, can you create some alliances in the team of which you and he, this person, the marketing leader, is part of? to counteract his influence. Mm -hmm. You don't have to, there's no reason why you should be doing this on your own. Absolutely. And I might even, you know, if I had this listener before me, I might even spend some time with them even before I got to, because they obviously asked, what can I do? And there's a real wish to, what can I do? I've got, I need to fix this somehow. But I Action. Yeah. I would be inclined to really sit down or help this person sit down and raise their own awareness around what this is like for them, how this has evolved for them, very much getting close to what is going on specifically for them around this issue. Because it's really difficult to know what to do if we haven't really checked in with ourselves about and get clear about well, what is going on here for me? What's at stake here for me in this particular issue? I think everything comes from that. I think it's a lovely grounding place to start. I don't know about you, but a lot of my clients go to 
what are the three things that I can do to address this now after this call? Exactly. 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 And in fairness to everyone listening and us us included, like it's how we're rewarded for action and doing stuff. We're not rewarded for thinking about what is it that's really going on for me? How are my values being compromised in the situation? Yeah. And also what came up for me as I thought more about this and, this might feel a bit difficult, and but it definitely isn't meant to, is I wonder whether this head of marketing has something to teach our listener. So my sense is, I'll, I'll backpedal a bit, my sense is we might find that when something is very difficult, when someone else is doing something that we find very difficult, we can feel anger, we can feel what, what we term as coaches as triggered We might go into a certain state that doesn't feel very nice. And if we (laughs) we take a little bit of inspiration from Jung, there's a theory around knowing about your own shadow. And there might be some interesting work to be done around around here, around this. The head of marketing seems very certain seems very dominant, seems very clear about Mm. what they want and how things are meant to go. And wow, (laughs) there might be something for all of us (laughs) to learn from that. I think that's a great point. It's not the first place to go to, but yeah, not least of which most of us aren't ready to go there first, but what's the thing of being mirrored back at me that I can't be? Mm. And that's only a part, I mean, you're right, it's not necessarily the first place to go to, or it might be, I don't know, but it's certainly one of of the things we can look at and think, oh, I might not like this behaviour, but there might be a piece around that behaviour that I could access for myself around this clarity and certainty and Mm. knowing what I want to achieve in this scenario. I don't know. I think we're pointing the listener to a lot of inner work before the action. In my style of coaching, (laughs) that's generally what I start with. And it doesn't suit everybody because a lot of people just, let's move things along. This is all very interesting, but I'm still stuck with this issue. Mm. Here's an interesting point, and this is very common. If the listener has sent this in as a challenge, the chances are that they have tried everything that they could think of already and it hasn't worked. Absolutely. And therefore... (laughs) And therefore... What else? What what is the stuff that you... Yeah, what else haven't you tried? And I think our experience together is that usually the internal introspection and reflection is the stuff that hasn't been explored. We're pointing the listener to that. For me, there are some stages to go through. So once we've kind of established that awareness piece around what is going on for me, what are some of the feelings that are coming up for me, oh, look, anger, there's a really important piece there around self-acceptance. Because often when we feel a certain amount of outrage, we say to ourselves, oh, gosh, that's not really acceptable in the workplace. I better not, I better kind of put that to one side and show up as professional and seamless and under control. Mm-hmm. But I, I would suggest that before you, we jump to that and shove our anger to one side, that we get to know and accept a little bit about our anger 
and harness it in a way that feels more powerful. And so get very clear about what we're angry about and get very clear then about what we wish to do about that. I love that you brought emotions into the conversation, and particularly anger, because I think it's a struggle I see with so many people. Just last week, a client said to me, we eventually got to him feeling angry. And he's like, I can't feel, well, I can't feel angry at the office, right. clearly. There's like four hours of coaching just in that statement. And this idea of like, what is professional? Exactly. Which in my view is a completely patriarchal, white, cishet man, nor, is, is the norm. That's who defines what professional is nowadays. And reclaiming that via the path of understanding our emotions and using them as a signal, not as a the place to kick off. Yeah. And that's the collapse I see people making between I am angry, therefore mobile phones get thrown around and names get called versus I'm like being run by your emotions. That's different from feeling your anger yeah. and saying, how does that, what am I being called to do? What does my leadership impact that I'm wanting to have here because I am angry? Right. What needs to change because I am angry? Because angry is you have overstepped the line my line, the organizational yeah. line, some line. Societal line. No, that's not working to feel that. I really agree. That. And if I put my out loud hat on, what I would be inclined to say is, I notice that I'm experiencing some anger. I love that. Yeah. Beautifully framed. There's such a difference from rage, name call, name call. Like, yeah, I notice. I'm really frustrated. I'm really frustrated with how this meeting mm. is going, or I'm really frustrated with how you're showing up in these meetings. The other thing that you've modeled well so well there is the centering on the I. Mm. I am frustrated. Mm -hmm. Not you are an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> the name comes <laughs> yeah. off because we don't have handle on our anger. The blame and the contempt and the criticism all comes off the back of not understanding the, the, the emotion underneath. In my experience, when you, the closer and more honest you can be about how things are for you, the more connected we become to the other person. Because amidst all this, what I think this listener longs and yearns for is to be heard, to be seen. And I make up that for all the head of marketing's bluster, that there is a human being in there who wants to connect, but has got some massive blind spots. Yeah. I would imagine that they think they're doing the most brilliant job. Most people yeah, do. Committed to yeah. that and passionate about it, really want to make a difference, but they're unaware that actually there are people around who are just feeling completely shut out. I guess a really good place to land on this one, I mm. think. Yeah. yeah. So we filled you, listener. And my invitation for you is to go internal. Absolutely. To come back to the action. Anything you'd add to that? I think that some courage is needed in this situation. I feel we do dance around topics because we don't get clear about what we really want to say. So the clearer we can get and the more honest we are without acting out, the more our communications will impact in the way we wish them to beautiful listener if this has landed for you let us know how you get on yeah thank you for helping us kick off this episode and the courage for submitting this yeah. even if it's anonymous yeah. yeah so 
show. Thank you to the listener for sending that topic, that work challenge, and letting us kick off this type of episode. If you've enjoyed listening to this and, and want to get your question answered, uh, the link is in the show notes. So just let us know a bit more about the challenge and you know, what you want out of us we want us to focus on and uh, we'll get on to that and look out for series two coming in september where we're going to release the other episodes other listeners conundrums uh, one will be around procrastination i think we can all relate to that even if we don't identify as that and the other one's going to be how to deal with someone with a bad body odor so until next time this is your wing woman signing off